Well, everybody, this was an interesting show. Kind of went off the rails a little bit. I'm coming back from Vegas, recovering, detoxing, if you will. Pat is, as always, a technology disaster. So this was a good one. It's the Genesis 2020. It's an amazing event. We hit all that you need to know for it if you're playing DFS, betting on golf, whatever it is you're doing. Tiger's back. It's a star-studded field. It's a great time, and as always, presented by our friends at Fantasy National. Go to fantasynational.com slash TJ. Get your 20% off any membership level, weekly, monthly, or annually. If you try it for a week and you love it, and you get your 20% off, and you re-up for a year or a month, you still get the 20% off with the promo code TOURJUNKIES. It's our 100% everything we need, stat engine, optimizer, lineup builder, research center, all that you need for betting on golf or playing DFS. FantasyNational.com slash TJ is the website. Automatically gets you in under that 20% off promo code. This is a good one. We're going to break down the field. And, uh, and at the end, we're going to do live readings, Pontificate with Pat, which normally only appears in the Chalk Bomb emails in written form. But tonight, Pat is going to walk us through some things that he's still pontificating, including a huge topic that if any of you have uh, any insight into, we'd love to know. Uh, we really need your help. So thanks. Enjoy. Here you go. We're the two and two and two and two and junkies. We're the two and two and two and two and junkies. PGA Tour fanatics, golf addicts, podcast use, you gotta have it. Special guest, DFS, DB, and them long shots. From Gusta to Sawgrass, we got your picks, we got your stats. Catch a bus, catch a last, sip some rose with Pat. Two and two and two and two and junkies. We're the two and two and two and two and junkies. Hey, what's going on, golf addicts? Thanks for downloading uh, the podcast here. We're excited. It's the Genesis 2020, the Genesis Invitational 2020, and we're inviting you into our podcast to be a part as we preview the Genesis Invitational. Now, we've already had some troubles tonight. Uh, First of all, I am literally stepping off the plane from Las Vegas after 48 hours in Vegas and only about eight hours of sleep. And then, of course, Pat here has to screw up all the, uh, you know, all the technologies. He's having technological difficulties, is what he said previously. So, <laughs> yeah, even you really. know, we're just we're running slow here. Um, I, I did. We started talking about the podcast shoes, Pat. Uh, I do want to give a shout out formally, take two here because everything to Bill Brower, our buddy Bill, who uh, sent us these lovely Tour Junkies uh, whiskey glasses. They have our logo, got a little Golby right there, and then mine has DB on it. You can't really see it because of the clear liquid um, that is Casamigos. Um, I just went ahead and brought the bar upstairs tonight, which is normally your move, but that's, since I was in such a rush. That's a good move. I did that, and I brought some chips, and I haven't had dinner. Actually, I didn't even have lunch, and some uh, Publix buffalo chicken dip, which is very, very good if you've not tried that. Mm, what kind of chips did you bring? So I may be snacking on that a little bit. Just some Tostitos, some scoops. Um I'm feeling good, though. If you can't tell, I, I look very refreshed for someone who's been to Vegas for 48 hours. It's because this morning, before I got in my Uber, I went straight to the sauna. And I, I laid in the sauna for 20 minutes and let all the toxins of Vegas just exit my body, uh, which is a pro move. Pro move. If you're going to Vegas and you wake up with a hangover or you're tired or whatever, like you, before you leave Vegas, you have to go to the sauna, lay in there for 20 minutes, and exercise the demons. You know what I mean? Like... All the toxins out, so I don't even look like I've been to Vegas. I'm like wide-eyed, bushy-tailed, no hangover. Um, 
but uh, cheers to the to the Casamigos. How's uh, how's yeah. your pod juice tonight? You good? Yeah, I got a little little transfusion going now, which I didn't have earlier when we now that we restarted oh. this whole deal because all of oh, my okay good technological difficulties. But uh, yeah, your so, technological difficulties. Yeah, so yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, I think the pro move for me on the way back from Vegas is just getting to the airport and going ahead and getting the, you a Bloody Mary and whatever, like rolling in. Like I would have rolled into this. Like it, it, if if roles were were reversed here and I was the one that was coming in from Vegas. I would look like absolute hell, like hair probably disheveled. Yeah, already yeah. still. I mean, it'd be hammered. It'd be. It'd just be a crap show. But so good for you. Way to go. Proud of. Had you. a great time in Vegas, by the way, and walked away with more money than I walked in there with. That's hard to say, but you know, you got to play Vegas smart. You know, I won money in the sports book thanks to a listener out there who gave me a four-team NBA parlay that hit last night. I followed on um, that. That was incredible. Yeah, a lot of people did. Mad props to him. That was a lot of fun to sweat. They went and played poker for seven hours until about 2 a.m., and I uh, walked away with money there, too. So um, it was uh, it was a very successful. Of course, I was eating vodkas the whole time I was betting, which, are, you know, you, you don't have to pay for those. So, I mean, I, I took Vegas for all it had this, this past weekend, and I'm excited about it. Ready to get into the Genesis, man. This is a huge field. Um, I mean, it, it looks like a major here. You know, you got Tiger taking over this whole thing now. Um, he gets to invite whoever Tiger wants to invite. And, you know, so we got a short field. And I would love for you to tell us about, finally, our one golf course this week. We don't have to worry about three. We don't have to worry about a funky format, 54-hole yeah. cut, none of that. Just tell us about one golf course and what you think about Riviera. I am so excited, just as as everyone knows that listens to us. I can't stand all the courses when we have these pro am events and whatever. So I'm pretty excited about Riviera Country Club this week. Uh, it is an old classic course. They've played this tournament 90 years here, the LA Open, or as it's now called, the Genesis Invitational. Par 71, playing just over 7,300 yards. We got, as you mentioned, a shorter field this week. Because it is an invitational, uh, you got 120 players in the field this week. Still top 65 in ties will make the cut. Um, you got Here's a couple of interesting facts about an invitational. Actually, it means you get three years, by the way, on tour if you win this, uh, you win this event. Three years exemption. Uh, it, it's definitely a lot more money. I'm not sure if it's a, a few more FedEx Cup points, but I would think so, but I, I could be wrong on that. Uh, Poa Greens, again, as we have seen, uh, you know, when you when you get on this California swing, we, we see a lot of Poa Greens. They're going to be running pretty quick at about 12 on the step meter this week. you got three par fives on this par 71, playing 503, which is pretty easy for a par five for these guys, 583 and 590, so those are a little bit more difficult. Um, you know, you think with this like old classic design, sort of tree line fairways tight, uh, that that the bombers would have an issue here, but that is not the case at all. Bombers no. have just dominated this course. If you look at the history of the winners here over the last few years, at least, just dominating this course. The rough is never all that thick. It's really all about kind of like last week, but on a longer course. Second shot into these greens. They're smaller greens, just like we had last week. Definitely got to be good on approach. Got to get yourself in the right spots off the tee, but I think you can still hit it in the rough. It's never really just been all that thick. Um, 
So, you know, the Bombers really have just gouged this course. A lot of dog legs left and right. Um, so, you know, off the tee, you don't want to get yourself, you know, sort of blindsided where you can't give yourself a good angle, you know, to attack these pins. Um, you know, look at the par fours here. That's really where these Bombers can, can just take advantage of this course because seven of them are over 450 yards. So that's pretty long Yikes. for these par fours. So that's that's really where you're seeing the bombers take advantage out here is is not on these par fives but really the par fours. Um, I mean you're going to be see, seeing more longer irons into, the, into these holes than, than you typically see on a tour event. So I think that's something to look out for. Um, I like the experienced guys on this course. I think this is just it just lends itself to the guys who have played out here more. These greens are quite undulating. They're, you know, fast POA, as I've mentioned. So I think you've got to have a lot of experience on these greens and on this course itself. So I, there's a few young guys that I'll definitely look at, but I, I think experience does play a role in who does well here. Um, look at it as far as difficulty. It played 10th most difficult last year. It was 9th in 2018, 23rd uh, in 2017, and 21st in 2016. But so overall, though, pretty difficult course. The weather's going to be great this week. Wind, I don't think it's going to matter all that much so far from what I've seen. Um, looking at past chance, we had J.B. Holmes last year hey, at minus 14. Hey, you kind of said that right. Bubba, his third win here in 2018. <coughs> Very professional show that we have going on. Mm. <laughs> Disaster. Sorry, uh, DJ in 2017, Bubba in 2016, and then James Hahn in 2015. Bubba, by the way, I think he wins like every even year, so this is the year he's going to win. He won in 2018, 16, 14, and now he's probably going to win in 2020. So there you go. As far as stats, all, I mentioned course history. I think it's huge this week. I do obviously looking at recent form. I like uh, scrambling on these small greens and strokes gained approach, and of course driving distance as well. Did I get everything in there? I think I did. God, oh. you all right? I promise, people, this this can be a better show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm having a lot of trouble tonight, and. Uh, like I said, remember last year when I had a sinus infection for like eight weeks and the listeners <laughs> had to listen the, to me and this is the, cough in the microphone every day? Yeah, I mean, this is the best field we're going to see. Outside of the, like, this is literally the sixth best field we're going to see all year. You're going to see the majors. Yeah. Fifth is the Players' Championship. This is probably the sixth best field. It is incredible. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, even better than the a lot of the WGCs because you got a lot of European Tour players that get in over there. Not that, you know, but it's just different. Um this this field is definitely stacked, and and DraftKings has really upped the contest offerings, uh, yes, FanDuel as well. Um, so get in there, go ahead and reserve your spots. By the way, I think we should mention this real quick. <clears throat> I've noticed in the last couple of weeks a lot of people, a lot of people DMing us new to the game, right? Just getting into this DFS thing um, with golf, asking a lot of great questions. And we've got some content coming out on YouTube here pretty soon that you'll get a little, you'll get, you'll get some, uh, you'll get some sneak peeks on. Um, but it's really for that beginner uh, and, and intermediate player. But if you're just dipping into this, like, let me say a couple things in terms of just contest selection. We've talked about it before, but again, we're, we're adding new listeners all the time. I just want to make sure if you're just getting into this, 
you know, start off in cash contests, so 50-50s, double-ups. Um, I would not recommend head-to-heads head as you can get. Uh, I do think DraftKings has changed a little bit as terms of, you know, uh, you don't get all the head-to-heads swept up by some sharps out there. But just do 50-50s and double-ups and, and do the big ones. Um, and just, you know, don't worry about ownership at all. Don't worry about being too cute. Just try to pick the six best golfers you think are going to make the cut and learn the game and learn the ebbs and flows. We had somebody DMing us last week about, you know, it was like on, on Thursday, and they're talking about, oh, my God, my DraftKings screen is changing every half second. Is this, I'm, is this normal? And I'm like, yeah. Uh, so if you're just getting into it, like start with those 50-50s and double-ups and get used to how this thing flows with the PGA Tour because it's very different than a Sunday NFL sweat or something like that. So 50-50s, double-ups, only be concerned with, you know, really ownership and getting the six guys in to make the cut. When you're listening to us and we talk about GPPs or tournament plays, you know, that's not really what we're talking about when we say, you know, we're talking cash games. We want you to play cash games. However, um, with that being said, take at least one of those lineups and put it in a big GPP, a, a, a low volume or a, a low cost, large GPP. So let's say, let's say you have a bankroll of $20 that you want to play with this week. You know, do, uh, uh, do a couple small double ups, five ten dollar double ups, and then throw one lineup in like the three dollar or the five dollar. Well, you're probably gonna not win any money. There's not really what, a now? huge five dollar this week, but there's a three dollar twenty max, like a hundred and fifty k tournament. So if you're playing, if you're playing a you know small amount of money and you're just trying to do double ups, do that three dollar twenty max. Even if, so, even if yeah. you're not gonna max it out, just do the three dollar. Yeah, and I'm really only saying that just to understand the differences in what that cash lineup is going to do in a, in a GPP or a tournament. And when you see the differences in the pay structure, like you need to feel that a couple weeks before you really start investing more money into it. Because it, it is a real thing in terms of, you know, you, yeah, you can read the payout structure on the, on the contest before you get in it. But it's another thing to experience it and watch it happen live in a tournament. Um, so uh, just a little bit of advice for some of you guys that are just getting into this. That's awesome. I, I just think that if you don't do it that way and you, you, you put all your money in tournaments or in GPPs, like even if you sit there and go, you know what? I don't care. I'm, I'm ready to lose it all. Like it's just deflating because golf is so tough to pick. It's such a tough sport to, to handicap. Um, we, I don't want you to lose interest. I want you to keep coming back. I want you to, to, to stay interested. I want these contests getting bigger. I want you having more fun. It's a, it's a yep. year round sweat. The PGA tour is. So I would say, like, just start with those 50-50s double-ups for a few weeks, put one line up in that little $3, $5, whatever, and, and go from there and, and start to kind of get a feel for how things are going. I know you're excited. It's a great tournament, great event, but just just do that, and your bankroll and your, um, your engagement level in the next month will be better because I don't want you to lose, I don't want you to lose hope. It's freaking tough, okay? Last week, you know, 5% of lineups got 6 of 6 through the cut last week. 20% got five of six through the cut. You know, that's across the board, even with the, the, the you know, the sharp contest, the big money contest. So it's hard. It is a hard game. It's a hard thing to do. Um, just a little, you know, little tip there for the for the new folks. Uh, in terms of, do you have anything else to add on that, Pat? I was going to talk real quick about the course. A couple things that came to mind. No, you're good. Um, I, other than everything you said, uh, the Kikuya fairways and rough are interesting. Um, By the way, can really I just tell you that I did not mention those only because I just don't want to pronounce that. 
that worked. <laughs> I'm good. So forget the fact that it's information for the listeners. Yeah, sorry, um, sorry for all you folks that might want more information. <laughs> if I can't pronounce it sometimes and I don't want to have to listen to DB, you know, giving me crap uh, about it, then I just let him because I know he's probably going to mention it anyway. Like we've done this long enough where I know that like I, it, like he's going to mention something that I didn't mention, and so I didn't want to talk about saying that word. So go ahead. Okay, uh, Kiku. Oh, I just said it wrong. Kikuya, Kikuya Fairways and Rough, which is a pretty unique grass. And um, it does make a difference. If you're new to this and you're like, why the piss does the grass make a difference? It does, okay? Um, and really, Torrey Pines is a good... I, I'm not a big fan of comp courses, but um, Torrey Pines is an interesting comp course to Riviera in terms of the Kikuya Fairways and Rough, so, uh, as well as the POA surfaces there. Um, but Kikuya is pretty common, too, among uh, Aus- Australia and South Africa. So you can have a slight edge there just in terms of comfort uh, with Aussies and maybe South Africans here in the field. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, the Bombers are going to play well because the, the rough isn't penal whatsoever, right? But, but this year with the weather looking as nice as it is, it looks like the weather is going to mimic, you know, 2018 and 2015 where it played, it played a little firmer and faster you look back over the last six years, those are the two lowest uh, uh, lowest scoring years in terms of the Bubba won at 12 under in 2018, and James Hahn won at six under in 2015, and those those two years both you played firm and at, fast. He won at 15 under. Who? James Hahn. Did he win at 15? Um, I, I wrote that down wrong. Okay. Anyway, well, it's gonna it's gonna play a little tougher. You know, last year was firm was was really soft. The Bombers just had a huge edge. So I do think that as opposed to last year, it'll open the door a little bit better for a shorter hitter that's going to get some run out in the fairways, but they're still going to have to hit long irons really well, as you mentioned, those long par fours. Um, you got to take advantage of the gettable par fives here. you, you mm-hmm. got to score on those. Uh, so I'm looking at strokes and approach. I think that's the number one stat of the week is just uh, iron play, iron play, iron play. You mentioned the tough greens. Um, I want my guys hitting as many of them as they can. I totally agree with you on the scrambling and strokes gain around the green. I want that to be solid. And uh, and then, of course, POA. So um, I looked at my POA putting splits this week for um, Tory. I actually only took into consideration Tory and um, this course uh, and Pebble. And I looked over the last 100 rounds on all three of those courses. Um, so when you hear me quote those stats, it's only covering those three golf courses because I feel like that POA is kind of unique. So um, it's, it's, uh, it's a great event. I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's just a stacked field. Let's get into it. You ready? Yeah, let's go. All right, start me off. We're going to give you three tournament plays at 9K and above. We're going to give you a cash play at 9K and above, and we're going to give you a fade at 9K and above. Hit me. All right, well, I am going to start at the very top, and I don't care. I know he's pricey, but at 11-6, absolutely love him. Roy McRoy has just been playing incredible as of late. I think this is going to be a huge year for him. Um, has it fared? I mean, you look at the last few years he's played here. Um, he was T20 back in 18. He finished fourth last year, T20 in 2016. But I love me some Roy this week at 11-6. I mean, you look across the board at all the stat categories. I mean, sh- scrambling, he's fifth in the field. He's he's fourth in the field in ball striking. He's fifth in the field if you look at par four scoring in that 450-plus yards that I'm looking at. 
Uh, obviously, great driver of the ball with distance and everything else. I love some Roy at 11-6. I think that you know there's going to be a tendency to fade him this week, um, being the highest priced guy and being up there way up there at 11-6. But I'm okay. I don't care. I'm going to play him. And I love him. And I think he can find some good value when you drop down after you put him in your lineup. So I will play him this week. Uh, the next guy that I like, DJ at 10, is just like WTF. That's a really good price. Yeah, like what? That is a really good price. I don't care what he did last week or anything. The guy just loves this course. It, it is a perfect fit for him. I mean, his worst finish in the last five years is a T16 in 2018. He's gained 51 strokes over his last five times playing here. I just love DJ. I think he's, I mean, this is this is his course. He's going to play well here. So I, I don't I don't see why you don't play him at, at 10,000. Now, I do worry about him being chalky um, at that price. But who knows? After what he did last week. No, he's going to be chalky. Yeah, yeah, he's probably going to be chalky, but whatever. Yeah. Um, I mentioned Bubba in the course history or in the course preview, but the course history just speaks for itself, and I love how he's playing right now. And I mentioned he wins every two years here, anyway. So this is an even year, which is yeah. Hey, we're going to talk about pontificate with Pat later on. I like even numbers. He likes to win in even years, so I'm going with Bubba this week at 9600. You know, like I mentioned, great form right now. Checks the box in driving distance. He's top 10 in the field in par 4, par four scoring from 450 to 500 yards. So I like that as well. My cash play is going to be Tony Finau at 9,100. really? Love the guy. I play him in tournaments or cash. In but cash. I just feel I just feel real safe with him in cash. But you can put him in tournaments. Whatever you want to do. But he's definitely checking all the boxes. I mean, he's... You know, you mentioned strokes gained approach being your favorite stat this week. He's fourth in the field in that. He's eighth in the field in strokes gained around the green, third in ball striking, uh, 18th in that par four scoring over 450 stat that I like. Obviously, he has the driving distance, been in great form. His history here was spotty leading up to two years ago. But then after that, it's great. Second place finish in 2018, T15 last year. So I think he go fee now in cash, but I could play him in GPPs as well. He'll probably be. He may, I don't know. I don't. You know, I suck at ownership anyway. Yeah, my, you really do. You blew it again last week. I did. My fade RCB is going to be Tiger. Fade's going to be Tiger at ten. Really? Why? He's never won here. This is the one course he's never won on. I mean, he's, I swear he's won on every other course on tour. I'm sure there's another one that somebody's going to point out he hasn't won on. But I mean, he just. I just. I think he's going to be a little overowned this week too. This is his. This is his tourney. Um, I'm not feeling Tiger. Not feeling him. And you know, I love some Tiger. I mean, I'm a huge fan. He's going to check all the boxes and do whatever else. And I'll probably come Wednesday end up throwing him in a lineup. Um, but this is a category, and and you could say this too. You got to agree with me. There is a. There is it is hard to poke holes in almost any player in this entire category. And yeah. so you're gonna have to make a few stands here and there. And for me it's just gonna be Tiger. Um there's there's a few others I might could mention, but I think Brooks Kepka's probably like the easy guy that people might put poke holes at and he's it might be a sucker bet this week, but I kinda like him. So I don't I don't know if I could 
Make okay. I, I want to talk about a number of things here. Is, I think we camp out on here and talk a little strategy here, too, in lineup construction. First of all, since you just brought it up and it's an easy transition, my fade was Brooks Kefka, 9,400. I agree with you. I think this whole range is really tough to nail down a fade. I think he's the obvious fade. Uh, not coming into not coming into Riviera with great form. Um, we people are going to look know. at that price and want to be all over some Kepka. Yeah, and, and and I get it. It does make sense. I mean, it, it, I get it. Um, so not coming into great form. We still don't know how much the knee is bothering him. I mean, he's played he's played on it, you know. But um, I'm just not 100 percent positive mm. on that. And he's never played here. Um, or he's only played here, what? Has he played here before? I can't remember. Anyway, he doesn't have a lot of experience here, for sure. Maybe he one He has time. played here, well, in the last five years, he's played here once, and he missed the cut in 2017. Yeah. So. I mean, so of everybody 9K and above, he has the worst, he has the least amount of experience here, and um, obviously the, the, the form is not great. So I think he is the easy fade. I want to talk lineup construction, because... This is a cream of the crop event, like we mentioned. The, you know, the field is amazing. This is a major kind of level field. I really don't like a lot of the values in the upper seven k range, uh, and even mid seven k range. So for either, me, I a think lot below that, which is why you I can think play I'm going to load up. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't hate the Rory play. I really don't. Um, I am going to have more guys in this 9K and above uh, range in my final pool than I normally would because I like I like what you get down in the lower 7s and, and even 6K range. Um, and so I would say this. In terms of the 9K and above range, I just don't feel like ownership is going to matter as much because in tournament play because, first of all, there's so many good players up here. It's going to get spread out a little bit. I mean, there's not, there's not going to be an overwhelming ownership guy in this range is my guess um maybe bubba maybe i think maybe dj just because that price and his record here um i think those might be your two chalkiest plays here so but i don't think you have to worry about it as much up here just make it up down below but i really like having as many players in this range as i can fit in um because this this is this group of boys here is is uh, obviously pretty solid so I think that's uh, with that a, being, I think that's a good thought too, because when you start to look at you know setting up your lineups and everything, I mean you're literally going to start with Adam Scott on up to Rory, all above nine K, yeah. and you're just going to love every one of them, and yeah. that's not a bad thing. I mean you can you, you're gonna yeah. you can fit a few of those guys in here, and so don't just I mean you know you can't just think that just because you love all these guys up here that that you're gonna. I don't know, have to fade a bunch of them. I don't think you have to do that. I, I agree with yeah. you. Yeah, I'll, I'll just have more exposure to, to more players here than I normally do. All right, so for my tournament plays, I already said my fade is Brooks. My tournament plays, I'm going with JT at 11. I uh, love the price for JT here. Obviously, we know he comes in in incredible form. He checks all the boxes. Uh, he is he is checking every box. Par 5 scoring, the, the par 4 distance that we talked about. Um, I got a new little tool that I pulled up here, and it, and it basically looks at um, average adjusted strokes gained at this golf course, and he is top, like, 12 um, with 20 rounds measured here, uh, doing pretty good. So I'm liking JT a lot, and then I'm going to jump down, and I'm going to go Xander at 92. 
who in that same course history adjusted strokes gain model is second in this field only to DJ. Um, obviously can play here, kid win here. Uh, he's a California kid, so I'm liking Xander. And then I'm going to go with Adam Scott at 9K. Like I said, I want to get as many of these guys as I can. So Scott at 9,000, Xander at 92 gives me a little salary relief. Um, I could even play uh, the next guy I'm going to mention here in cash. But I like Adam Scott here. He's got a tremendous record at, uh, at Riviera over the long, you know, if you look at his, his whole career. He's actually sixth in this field. This is interesting. As bad as a putter as Adam Scott historically has been, he is, when you look at strokes gained putting on um, Pebble Beach, Torrey Pines, and Riviera over the last 50 rounds, 100 rounds, I'm sorry, yeah, 100 rounds, he's sixth in the field on those surfaces. He's 10th in the field in the par 4, 450, or 500, and he's 15th in par 5 scoring at only $9,000. And he's got 40 measured rounds at Riviera. He's fourth in the strokes gained, uh, or adjusted strokes gained in terms of course history here. So love Adam Scott as well. Those are my tournament plays. I'm going to go with Bubba Watson and Cash. I'm not really sure how we could call ourselves, you know, small level of expert or tout and not talk about Bubba here. Now, obviously, you, you mentioned he loves the uh, the even even numbered years to win, but he's he loves his golf course. It, the, the creativity that's required, shaping the shots, uh, the creativity around the greens. He loves it all. He's on record loving it all. Um, I think this is a perfect spot for him. And at only 9,600, you might as well. Like, start a cash lineup with Bubba. Also, like, DJ and cash, which you mentioned, so... All right, there we go. That's an IK range. Let's get down to the 8K range. Uh, and I, I like some guys here, but not not near as much as I do the, uh, the 9K. Um, all right, so we're going to give you two tournament plays, a cash play, and a fade here. I am going to start off with Patrick Reed. At $8,600. Yeah, $8,600 on DraftKings. Not a bomber, but um, very, I mean, checking the box in a lot of categories, you wouldn't think he checks the boxes. He is is number two in this field in that par four range of 450 to 500. Um, He's 40th in the field in par five scoring. Obviously, we know he gets up and down. He's 11th in that POA uh, model that I I talked about that I I made up here. so I think Reed is going to be a little bit of tournament leverage for for me in lineups. He finished sixth at the Farmers. That was his last event. So I like Reed, and then I like Justin Rose. Man, I, I like Justin Rose here. He likes this golf course a lot. Um, he's played here a ton. He's got forty measured rounds here. Um, you know, checks checks the box. I mean, the only thing he's not he had, he's not really popping right now is strokes and approach. He doesn't really have a whole lot of rounds recently to to measure that against, but. Other than that, he's traditionally been a fantastic long iron player, fantastic scorer, driver of the golf ball, can score on the par fives. So I like Rosie. Um, and then for cash, I'm going to lean Rosie as well. Um, and then my fade is going to be Jason Day. I think, you know, we were, we were both on Jason Day last, uh, last week, finished fourth at the Pro-Am. He actually does not do well here at Riviera, which is a little surprising. He has 12 measured rounds at Riviera, um, and he is down near the bottom, like in terms of that that adjusted strokes gain, course history number. He's down near near like Chris Stroud, Danny Lee, 
Scott Piercy at this event over over his career. Um, not striking the ball well, which we've seen for a long time. We know he's just making his money chipping and putting. So I think I'll I'll think I'll fade the eighty eight hundred dollar price tag that I think on the surface would look good because it's a big name. Even our boy Ben Little talked about it in the chalk bomb. I don't know if it was this past week or the week before that. Jason Day's form is a little deceiving when you go back and look uh, at what he's done over the last, you know, I think it's six to 12 months or something like that. Long-term form is not that great. So I'm out on Jason Day. That's me. What you got in the 8K range? All right. Well, some agreement here, and I'll start with Day. He was my fade, so I'm totally with you. Um, and for the reasons you said, I don't really like the history here. Um, you know, just... I don't know, just never really has played that well in this course. Um, so I, I'm I'm with you totally on Jason Day. I will be fading him this week. Um, and I was with you on Patrick Reed. Now, he's I'm not going to pin him as one of my two GPP plays, but he was like the third guy I wrote down. I usually kind of write down sort of a bonus play. He was one of them. So I'm actually with you on Patrick Reed. Um, I'm going to go, though, starting at the top there, I'm going to go with Mark Leishman. 8,700. I like him this week. What's uh, your Aussie? Or Aussie connection there? There's an Aussie connection. You know, his last tournament that he played. Kikuya with the Kikuya grass. Yeah, was a victory uh, with his first at the Farmers. Uh, another very difficult course with Poa Greens and a great field that we have this week. So I like Leishman. I like how he's been playing lately. Um, I think sometimes we, we've seen typically that you do get, you know, some guys coming off a of victory. People might be off of him a little bit. Um, I, I don't know what ownership's going to be. I'm, I'm done with yeah, even. Don't, don't even try it. Don't I'm done don't, with even trying it. But yeah. I do like some Leishman this week. Um, you know, you look at his course history here. It's kind of spotty. Um, he missed his cut two years in a row in 17 and 18, but in 16 he finished T5, and last year he finished T4. So obviously he can play this course well despite the missed cuts. So I do like some Leachman at 8,700. Now, dropping down below that at 8,200, I like some Abe Answer at 8,200. I think this is a good course fit for him. You know, you look at the last two years that he's played here, nothing great, T68, T44. But we know this guy is just coming on as a great player. He was second at his last tournament at the American Express. Um, his you want to tell PG. the people what we just what we just did and what they can be looking forward to? Yeah, so we actually just interviewed Abe's caddy, Dale. Uh, you're gonna have to pronounce his last name. Oh, <laughs> I was hoping to trap you. I thought you were gonna try to do it. Yeah, Dave Vallelli. Dale. Dale. Sorry, yeah, Dale Vallelli. Mother, father. Dale Vallelli. Yeah, great hilarious interview. guy. Yeah, great guy. Um, sad you didn't get to meet up with him in Vegas when y'all were both there just because he lives there. But um, mm -hmm. anyway, so I do like some Abe answer. You know, obviously playing well lately with the second place finish back at uh, the American Express a few weeks ago. You look at the stats, though, he's checking the box. He's top 20 around the green. Uh, he's 24th in ball striking, 35th in strokes gained approach. Um, he's got decent distance. I mean, he, he's he's kind of a smaller dude, but I mean, he's top fifty in the field in driving distance. So it's not like he can't get it out there. Um, so I do like some Abe answer. He will be my other tournament play. Uh, leash and cash. So there you go. Watching you try and eat like chips and dip is like you're eating chips and dip like you're like you're 
eating popcorn. Like you're throwing dip up in the air or something, and you're catching it with yeah. your chip. I mean, I don't know what the hell you're doing, but that's just the weird. You gotta see the t- the tostitos on the ground right now, all around me. Uh, um, yeah, I'm a little. It's a little chaotic for me today with the Vegas and the travel and all that stuff. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not my regular self. This is. If you're a listener just tuning in because you're excited that it's Riviera Week and you've never heard us before or watched us before, I'm sorry. We're, we're actually a, a little more polished sometimes than this. Just, it's been a weird week, guys. It's what happens when you know DB's, DB's in Vegas and I'm having technology. Well, I mean, I'm the glue that holds this whole thing together. So when I'm out of town and just stuff falls off the rails. Yeah. Well, you know, especially when I'm having t- technologically difficult things like that. <laughs> All yeah. right, so there you go. Let's go into the seven K right. range. What you right? gonna do? Yeah, what you gonna do in the seven K range? How? You know, we both mentioned we don't really like a lot of guys up top. I mean, there's there's one guy up top. Uh, we're gonna give you uh, three tournament plays, a cash play, and two fades in this range. Okay. Um, for for me, I do think it's it's tough to avoid Paul Casey. Um, loves this golf course. Always loves coming here. Always makes it a point to show up here good record here you know maybe i guess the price is where it is because of a kind of a poor performance at the at&t pebble beach last week but he he lost six strokes putting last week which i mean even for paul casey that's actually a lot um he's not known as a great putter but that's that's a little more than what he normally does um so i i just think the ball striking and his experience here and the price at 7900 is too good to to ignore uh, with Casey there at 7900. But other than that, I'm I'm going um, Charles Howell the third. I'm dropping down to him in the mid sevens. He's at 7500. He's rested. Um, he's been on a daddy daughter dance in the last couple of weeks. So strokes and home life is going well for <laughs> for CH3. And also, um, this is literally like outside of maybe the Sony Open. Um, Maybe actually, this may be ahead of the Sony Open as far as him just banking cash. He has he has sixty two rounds played at Riviera in his career. Sixty two. Let's see, that is good for third in this field. The only people who have played more rounds at Riviera in this field are Jim Furyk and Pat Perez. Yeah, and hey, um, there's a hey. Let's the reason for that so many rounds is because what he's making a ton of cuts. <laughs> the guy's making he's t- making a ton of cuts, and he and he loves coming here. Yeah. He loves coming here. So um, I think CH three at seventy five hundred is a nice bet coming off the rest too. I think for a guy like him, I think a little bit of rest is good. Um, but then you drop down, and I like a lot of guys from the seventy three hundred to seven K number, and it's kind of decision time. Um, and so if I got to only pick one more, I guess I will go with Alex Norin at $7,300. Checking a lot of boxes right now. Um, you know, Norin's he's, play, he's, playing, he's playing solid right now. He's playing solid. And uh, I like him on this track. He's, he's, he's actually he's scrambling well. He's 12th in this field in the par 5 scoring over the last 50 rounds, 32nd. In that 450 to 500 yard range on par fours over the last 50 rounds, um, the ball striking's been solid recently. Uh, 7300 just feels like a really good price for Alex Noren, who's competed in big field events like this and majors. Um, he's a winner. I just think that's a great value for him. There's definitely some names lower that I like, but if I got to nail down three, 
I'm gonna go with those three, and then in cash, I think uh, I think Charles Howell is. I think Charles Howell or Paul Casey. I guess officially, I'll go. I'll go. I'll go Charles Howell. But I think him or Casey, you could play in cash games and be um, be just fine. In terms of a fade or two fades, I'm fading Matthew Fitzpatrick because I normally do. Um, I just think he's so freaking overrated. I, He's so overrated to me. I don't. I don't understand the Matthew Fitzpatrick love. You have a little love for Matthew Fitzpatrick, or you you used to. I don't know if that's waning a little bit, but you used to have a little bit of. You would pick him all the time in the yeah, early it's, days. It's waning a little bit. Um, as a matter of fact, it's, it's waning so much that you know you didn't do one and done this year. But I've ch- I've decided that this year, since I'm so bad at one and done, I'm going to take <laughs> the guys that I just don't like every week. And last hmm. week it was Matthew Fitzpatrick, <laughs> so I just took him, and he did make the cut, but he didn't do that well. So yeah, yeah, he finished 60th. He lost almost four strokes. I, I don't want to say it's the guys I'm, play. I don't, I don't like. It's the guys that I just like. I'm tempted to take that I just shouldn't take. So that that's going to be my one and done play every week. So go ahead. Okay. Yeah, I, I just. Uh, I don't get Fitzy. Uh, he's not. He's another one like Brooks with very little record. I mean, he has no record here. Um, does Fitzpatrick? So I think he's an easy fade at seventy seven hundred. Maybe a little more of a bold fade, I guess, is is Sergio um, at seventy eight hundred. Obviously, Sergio has played here a bunch, um, and he's actually not playing that bad over on the European Tour in the events he's played in. But uh, we haven't seen him over here yet uh, in twenty twenty in terms of on the PGA Tour. So. Um, Garcia has played here a lot, and I think he's, you know, I I just think this is a little bit more of a bold fade. So um, I'm going to fade Sergio and Fitzpatrick. There you go. Well, I agree with you on Sergio. He is one of my fades as well. I mean, you look at his last five rounds here. I mean, the best finish was fifth back in 2015 with a miscut, a T49, and a T37. I mean, I, I, I like what I saw from him last week or a couple weeks ago in Saudi Arabia. I think he had a sixth-place finish there. Um, but I just – and the price is okay at 7800 but I, I just – I don't like – I just – I'm going to fade some, some, some Sergio. I'm surprised. I, I, I'm going to start with fades here, I guess. I'm surprised you didn't fade Bryson. And – I, everybody knows you hate him, and so maybe you just have to avoid it because everybody knows you cannot stand him. But for me, it's actually a real fade. Like, I just, I don't like him this week, regardless of what you think about Bryson. And I will play him. I don't I don't care. I don't have no personal, like like you do. I don't have this, this whole thing with, with Bryson that's just borderline. Well, see, I'm actually a little, I, I'm actually a little interested in him this I'm week. I'm not. I, he, he I'm didn't make my he didn't make my cut, but I'm a little interested in him. I'm not at all. Now look, he does definitely check the box in distance, but he's 87th in the field. Well, we all know that. I mean, he's yoked. You know what he's I mean? Yo- yeah. He's got abs and all that. He's, <laughs> he's taking 80s. creatine, amino acids, eating edamame like it's yeah. He's doing all kind of stuff. Whatever. Like but he's he's 87th in the field in that stat I mentioned on, on those long par fours. He's 81st in strokes gained around the green, and he is 94th in strokes gained approach. And that's just going over his last 24 rounds. But look, I mean, I think when you have body changes like this, you there's a lot of things you're adjusting to. Like, you might, 
hit it further or what? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Like, your arms might get in your way on your swing. Like, there's a lot yeah, of things. So, that- so, actually, Pat, actually, Pat, let, let me talk to this because I've actually had a body change re- recently, a lot like Bryson. I don't, you really haven't. Um, um, but my arms have gotten bigger. You, you know, you're sounding like Bryson right now. Like, my, the guy my- <laughs> you hate is what you're sounding like. My, my chest has definitely gotten bigger lately. Um, you know, so I, I can kind of speak to this. This is an embarrassing Bryson. moment for the Tour Junkies podcast. <laughs> David has become Bryson. I can tell you, I can tell you that when you start, you know, kind of, you know, my quads, my my butt has kind of gotten bigger. Like I got like a squatter's butt, you know, like a, it it can be challenging. It can be challenging. Um, so is, I do understand some of that. Could could happen, but history right now. He, he's hitting bombs, man. And at Riv, you can hit bombs. So I, I don't know. I just I kind of like it. He's coming off a little rest right now. Um, definitely didn't like him when he was coming over, you know, from overseas or whatever. But you're right. I mean, he checks zero boxes. I, I just listen. We talk stats here because we do look at stats. But like, I'm not a big like model guy. My model says this, or this is my model. But I guess if the if the stats and the um, the you know the duration of that I looked at for all these stats are my model that I make on Fantasy National. Um, he literally checks zero of the five boxes yeah. that I have pulled up. Um, in fact, in three of the five, he is he is in the one hundred to one eleven range in a hundred and twenty man field. So he's not checking boxes for sure. Just not a fan of Bryson this week. So he's my other fade yeah. besides Sergio. So we agree on those sort of, I guess. I don't know. You were kind of loving some Bryson there. Uh, as far I, as I'm my plays, by it. I, I'm intrigued. As far as though the GPP plays. Uh, by the way, cash play is Charles Howell. I love him. You can play him in cash, GPPs, whatever. I, I'm just, I'm totally with you there. Um, I like Joaquin Neiman at 7300. Uh, I think he's a good play yep. this week. Uh, a guy like that, that you know, his um, obviously uh, you know doesn't have a, a ton of experience, but he has played out here a couple times. Um, you look at uh, let's see, like, well, he's played once last year. He was t forty four, but I think he just has a great game for this this course. I mean, you look at the stats; he's definitely checking boxes there. He's twenty first in approach, twentieth uh, off the tee, off the tee, fourteenth in ball striking. He is 16th in the field in driving distance. I tell you what, that guy for kind of a, a smallish type figure guy. I mean, he's taller, but he can he can bomb it out there. Have Have you noticed? You know, we follow Joaquin on. Uh, are you still talking about Joaquin? Yeah, I am. Did you, okay. You, yeah. uh, we follow him on Instagram. He had a little picture of him and his little girl, cute girl by the way that he's pulling uh, at the beach last week with her with his shirt off. My man's my man's skinny. My man's got a six pack. You talk about abs. Like Bryson needs to be taking some ab hints from Joaquin because Joaquin's got some abs. He's eating all those avocados. He's getting a lot of protein. Um, <laughs> yeah, he he's not he's not bulky, but he is he's in shape for sure. Okay, did not notice that, but he can hit it a long way. Anyway, another guy that I like <laughs> at seventy six hundred, Ryan Moore. I think Ryan Moore is going to have a good week. He he's the type guy. Are, are, are you just are you just like all over the guys that we're about to interview their caddies? Because we're about to interview Ryan Moore's caddy, Brett Swedberg. No, and um, we just had Dale Valelli, So you're picking an answer. Are no, you just? What I are think we doing? Ryan Moore is a guy that when when you just get him on the right course, he fits. It's like it's like Augusta National. It's a course that he can play well. He's third in the field though in strokes gained approach. He's a great ball striker. 
Um, you look at. Eh, I think that's debatable. Why is that debatable? I mean, it's, it's I don't right think he's there. He's a great ball striker. He's tenth in the field over his last twenty-four rounds in ball striking. So I'll put it. So he's he's a great ball okay, striker form. lately. Yeah. yeah, we'll put it that we'll put it that way. Since if you want to argue, um, <laughs> as far as his course history though, he's great. I mean, you look at the last four or five years he's played here. He has missed one cut, but outside of that, he has not finished outside the top thirty with a T ten uh, or T nine in two thousand eighteen. Top ten finished in two thousand sixteen. So he's been great on this course. I just think Ryan Moore's a guy that I just I like on old classical courses like this. And, you know, he did finish well. T six at the American Express just a few weeks ago. Um, missed the cut at the at the waste management, but I don't think that was a course for him at all. So I'm not I'm kinda of throwing that out. So I do like some Ryan Moore at seventy six hundred. Uh, the other guy I'm gonna go with, and damn it. Damn it if he can't just one time come through for me, and that's going to be freaking Jason Kokrak. I'm just I'm going back to him. It's 7,100. Yeah, he, he performs extremely well in this course, has great course history. He sucked at the waste management when I probably fit, picked him. Uh, had a, did have a T21, though, at the Farmers, which I think, you know, Tori is at least a little bit more comparable to what the course we're getting this week. Um... Definitely a bomber. Can hit it at, hit hit it a long way. Uh, also checks the box and um, is a good ball striker. He's 40th in the field in par four scoring over 450 yards. Top 50 in strokes gained approach. At 7100, I think Kokrak is finally going to come through for us this week. I don't like where he is on scrambling. I don't like that stat. So if he's just got he's got to have a great ball striking week. And he's got to drive the ball well, meaning not necessarily hitting fairways, but it just at least getting in the right spots off the tee. Damn it, he's, he's yeah, he popped for me a little bit too. I mean, I, I and he is frustrating. He's definitely a frustrating player. We, we got a, a comment in the YouTube about like how we've talked about distance, but then we're picking shorter hitters. And again, like like I said in the beginning, I do think distance um, over the long term shows out here at, at Riviera, but with the firmer and fast conditions here, if you've got guys who have a good record here, they've got the experience at, at Riviera, which has also proven to matter, experience. Um, if they're shorter hitters, I think the conditions this week allow a little more of a little more play there. So, well, I also don't um, think you just you completely. I mean, I do think distance is an advantage, but you don't just completely avoid the shorter hitters. And I'm also trying to. I'm looking back here. This is where these YouTube comments get kind of make me grumpy. Because, like, where are we picking the shorter hitters? So, like, the only one I just mentioned Ryan was Moore. Ryan Abe Moore's answer, the only one. Abe answer, he's a short hitter. Answer's a short hitter. No, he's not. No, he's not. Uh, okay. He's top third in the field in driving distance. That's not necessarily a short hitter. Okay. Well, there you go. So, who um, else? Who else? Uh, that's all they mentioned. I'm just saying. Oh, I'm sorry. I misunderstood. He said you're only picking short humans, not short hitters. Evan, Evan said that. You're only picking short people, so you're 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 discriminating against taller people. But then you came with the Jason Kokrak comment, and he's tall. So there right. you go. Wow. <laughs> I didn't realize right. when I was doing my research that I was going to have to go with height. Anyway, we got a lot of things to cover. <laughs> Let's go to the 6K range. Uh, 
All right, 6K range. Um, all right. I, I want to talk another little theory thing here. So I think if you're playing in a, in a single-entry tournament or a three-max-entry tournament, there are two players in the 6K that I feel better about for those contests that I think will, will still give you a little bit of ownership leverage, and they also give you the salary relief that you need to play the studs up top. But their odds of making the cut, I think, are substantially better uh, I think their I think their floor is is higher, so to speak, than some of the others that I'll, I'll list in a minute. Those two players are J T Poston and Carlos Ortiz. I love Poston here on a, on a, in firm fast conditions, um, and and the ball striking here um, I, I think I think is is interesting. He's played here only two times, but he's finished seventeenth and twenty eighth, and he finished twenty eighth here last year when it was wet and not fast and he's not as he's not that long so i do think poston is really really interesting here at 6900 and then carlos ortiz who is a bomber um and and checks all the boxes in terms of the par 4 scoring in 450 to 500 the par 5 scoring um even lately his irons have been on point in terms of those putting splits that i mentioned he is second in this field uh, with those putting splits, he's got a decent form coming in with a 25th at the Waste Management. That was built for him in terms of a bomber's course. Um, so, I, I, you know, T9 last year, 26th in 2016 and 20th in 2015. That's his record here over the last five years. I think Ortiz and JT are some pretty safe plays for guys pricing the 6K range. So those single-entry, three-max-entry contests I like. Um if I want to get a little more frisky in this range and, and take guys that have you know, just as good of upside as maybe those two, but maybe their floor is a miscut, more, more, more likely a miscut, um, I, just some names that are, I'm kind of looking at that I think, it, I think you can get some, some tournament leverage in would be Wyndham Clark at 6,600. He's a bomber. He can score. Um, I think Cam Tringali is a steal down here at 6,500, just as consistent as Cam, you know, has been um he's not putting up a whole lot of great finishes but he's making cuts and he's got a pretty good record here um in terms of a guy that would, of that caliber he's got a pretty good record here uh and then finally i kind of like and i don't really know why but for some reason andrew putnam kind of stands out to me at 6800 just as a tournament kind of leverage play i don't feel great about it but He's checking some boxes. He checks the putting, the putting stats, the the, the scrambling strokes getting around the green, the par five. He's not bad in his iron plays are pretty. His iron plays been pretty good lately. He doesn't really do well with that par four range, but I don't know. If, I just think he's a, an interesting tournament play. I think a lot of people are going to be excited to play Lonto Griffin after another good finish last week. We can't seem to get Lonto right. We were on him for two weeks prior. He missed the cut both weeks, and we get off of him last week, and he freaking finishes top ten, top five, whatever it is. Um, I think if people want to jump on Lonto, I think Putnam could give you some interesting uh, ownership levers there. So that's it. All right, well, I will start with uh, totally with you on Carlos Ortiz. I like him at 6,800. I also like him as well uh, if you want to bet him on my bookie at 200 to 1. I think that is uh, great odds um, yep. in this tournament. So 200 to 1, I think that's pretty good. Uh, the other guy I like down here, and and this is uh, this is a DFS darling, but that's Luke List at 6600. You know, Luke. He, he's played well his last two events. You know, after missing the cut at the the American Express and Sony, 
he was a T T36 at the Farmers, T25 at the Waste Management. Uh, definitely has a distance to perform well out here, and has done good on this course. I mean, he hasn't finished outside of the top 25, or well, he had a T26 in 2018, uh, he, and missed a cut in 17. But a T20 in 16, T15 last year, um, I think Lucas could could surprise in, in sort of, uh, you know, everybody's, I think, steadily falling off some Luke lists. And I'm going to I'm gonna lead the pack. Lead the pack getting back on Luke lists. You're a week. pack leader, Pat. I'm a pack, pack leader, leader, Pat. That's what you are. It's 6,600. I like him this week, so I will go with him. And that's really it. Hey, uh, I just had a couple breaking guys news. Breaking news. For the first time in our YouTube live history, we have a porn bot. Uh, that has hit the the live chat feature. Um, I, she's got a very provocative photo. What does that? Her mean? name is Emma. Her name is Emma with a lot of weird symbols. Emma chat with me, and so she's uh, some somehow a porn bot is in here and she's chatting it up. I'm trying to keep the boys calm. So does she like Luke List? Um, <laughs> <laughs> Emma, if um, if you like Luke List, let us know. Uh, yeah, it's a breakthrough. We know we've made it now that a porn bot has hit our, our YouTube live. I feel like um, that's a great sign really for awesome. Luke. I feel like that's a good sign for Luke List that this is happening all right <laughs> that, That's a good omen. That's true. That's so, that's true. Yeah. So going to go with Luke List, and uh, there you go. That's that's my 6K plays. Uh, I'm going to keep it light the inappropriate here. comments rolling in from the YouTubers to Emma right now is not, uh, is not, not PG-13 friendly or... Speaking of some my bookie bets, your Ortiz pick I like. Um, Wyndham Clark's two fifty to one. Here's one that's huge, and I don't understand it. I mean, I, I wouldn't play. I, he didn't pop for me in DFS, and like I, he didn't check any boxes. But Harold Varner the third is four hundred to one on my bookie, and he's almost won a PGA Tour event before, and he hits it a long way. He can score. He's almost won a PGA Tour event before. He has, but he's four hundred to one. He's almost four hundred to one. Is is a lot? Um, yeah, I, I just think that's interesting. And and another one that I, I really like that I didn't mention is Norin. He's at ninety to one on my bookie. I like that one a lot. And if you're in our Masters contest on my bookie, we still have we didn't have any winners last week, so now we still only have three people who have hit a bet of twenty to one or better. If you had taken my us- Nick Taylor bet on the DraftKings show. That's Nobody right. wants to listen that, to me. I know how smart David sounds on these, this freaking show, but y'all need to listen to me sometimes <laughs> just because he spits out all of these smart stats and crap. Some of this is some of this this game of, of DraftKings and betting and everything is about feel. Feelings. Mm. Things like yeah, that. Yeah, we gotta give Pat credit. He uh, on the DraftKings Tour Junkies After Dark show on YouTube. He did push for Nick Taylor last week at eighty to one. So if you tail it's that, it's documented. It is documented. See it on our Twitter. Account. Good for you. So um, yeah, but anyway, we only have three people so far who have who are eligible for our five hundred dollars in Masters merch. Five hundred dollars in Masters merch uh, that we're going to give away to someone. Uh, if you hit a 20 to 1 bet or better and you send us a screenshot on my bookie, but you have to be referred by Tour Junkies either in the past or if you haven't done it, you haven't signed up yet, sign up now. Go to mybookie.ag. Use promo code Tour Junkies when you sign up. If you don't do that, it doesn't count. 
Next thing you gotta do is deposit at least fifty dollars. If you don't do that, it doesn't count. So you gotta sign up with the Tour Junkies promo code. You gotta at least put fifty bucks in, and then you're ready to go. All you gotta do from there is hit any bet: football, XFL, NBA. I don't care. Any bet at twenty to one or better. Send us a screenshot. You can parlay stuff. I don't care. Whatever you gotta do. Send us a screenshot, and you go into that little that little pool, and we're gonna draw a name uh, before Masters Week and send you five hundred dollars in Masters merch. So. Get on the stick, people. Go to mybookie.ag. Use our promo code, Tour Junkies. Um, I'm excited because tonight, our, our end of the show segment tonight is Pontificate with Pat live. It's like, it's like when you go, to, you go to Sesame Street live with your kids. You know, like <laughs> We're always used to getting Pontificate with Pat in email written form on the In the Chalk Bomb emails every Wednesday night. But now we get it live. It's, it's Pontificate with Pat live. So Pat is going to... Uh, read to us some of the things that he is still wrestling with that he's mentioned before in the Chalk Bomb. We're going to talk through some of those and kind of let him just brain dump for, for us. It should be entertaining. Um, I'm excited about it. But before that, obviously, we got to recap last week. You did hit the Nick Taylor bet. Our picks did pretty good. Uh, it was interesting to see what Spieth did. We talked about it. Should you Spieth or should you not Spieth last week? And you know, I think I kind of sold you there last week that, yeah. you know, a three-round, you know, guaranteed three rounds, a lot, lot less risk for him um, in, in a tournament he was comfortable with, and he came out and did it. I mean, he he top ten. He had the best round of the field on Sunday with a 67. I think that is that very was, interesting. That was for an Jordan incredible Spieth. round when you think about how tough those conditions were. I don't think yep. people realize. Look, just because you have a course that is 6,800 yards or whatever it is. It it is it that course was playing extremely difficult and he throws a sixty seven out there. I mean, pretty damn good. Now he did like chip in on it on his eighteenth hole, which was the ninth hole, on Sunday, to uh, to kind of secure that top ten finish, which was yeah. just crazy. But, but he, does he does that. That's kind of what he does. Look anyway. at what Phil did last week. Phil was chipping in all over the place. He was, yeah, he couldn't hit a. Yeah, but I think. I think he's coming around. I really do. What What was our perfect uh, DK lineup last week, Pat? How many points would you have scored? How much money would you have left on the table in the perfect DK lineup? So perfect lineup uh, last week scored 653.5 points at 48,500. So you left a, left a little money on the table there. Uh, but it was Nick Taylor, Streelman, so Nick Taylor, who if you listen to me on like we could take bits and pieces of this if you listen to me on the DK Live show, Nick Taylor, Streelman, I think I faded, so we'll forget about that. Mickelson I liked. He was in that lineup. Jason Day, we both liked. Matt Jones, you may have mentioned him, I can't remember. And then Maverick McNeely, of all people, um, who putted unreal on Sunday. I think he had like one of the best strokes game putting rounds you'll ever see on Sunday. Uh, this past week. So that was the perfect lineup. Nick Taylor, Kevin Strillman, Mickelson, Jason Day, Matt Jones, and Maverick McNeely. Nice. Nice. Um, yeah, any other any other comments on uh, on the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am? No, I mean, it was a, it was a good tournament. Um, I, I, I get annoyed by all the um, complaints about the TV coverage of that tournament. 
Because I, I, I think you know, I know like the real the the golf lovers they want to see like the real golf, but I don't mind seeing the celebrities and things. It's one week of the year. I don't really care. I don't get all like if you're on Twitter, it's just like everybody just bashes the cover coverage of the AT and T, and I, I don't I don't care. I I like to see freaking Larry the Cable Guy slam one in and almost kill somebody in the stands, and then it bounces off <laughs> ten feet and onto the green. Like, I like to see that. I think it's fun you to like see. You like that? Yeah, okay. I'm okay with that. All right. How about Clint Eastwood, dude? How about Clint Eastwood in the Why? Box? Why every year does he do this? That th- that was so... That was really painful. Like, he's like... And and I feel so bad, but the, the video going around on Instagram where he's doing that and somebody put, like, a little dancing unicorn or something in the corner, it looks like he's tripping on acid, makes me laugh so much do you think that clint eastwood is trolling us all and is that good of an actor that he does that on purpose every year now <laughs> no what, what you're very counter you're very uh you're, you're very colin cowherd today you're like you're just contrarian on everything everybody hates the coverage i love the coverage everybody thinks you know clint eastwood's just trying not to shit his pants i think he's pulling a pulling one on all of us like that is not the case he was he obliterated he is no, old. No, he's as... pulling one on all of us. He's Clint Eastwood. Oh man, it was really painful to watch. Um, yeah. Anyway, hey, the Nut Hut was lit last week. So we lit. really appreciate you guys who have been in the Nut Hut already. We got a bunch of folks in there. Let me tell you, it is an active group. It it way exceeded our expectations in week one. You know, we were hoping that you, you hope you don't do something like this that costs money and takes some time to build and implement and promote. And then nobody gets in there and does anything. Um, but you guys showed up last week, even for a garbage event. So um, it was great. And, and loved seeing that even when we aren't in the room, you guys are talking to each other about strategy and picks and theory and and all kind of stuff that's not DFS golf. Exactly what golf we want to happen, so, too. Yeah. I'm yeah, good. it was awesome. Freaking love it. If you've not already signed up, please go in and sign up. It's $10 a month. Try it for one month. It's only 10 bucks. If you like it you'll just keep going if not just cancel it um and 90 dollars for the year if you want to do the whole year Uh, but it's a very active group it's open 24 7 you can get in there and scroll and read what people were saying if nobody's in there you can just get in there there's always somebody in there i've there's already week one every time i jump in there somebody in there so it's been a lot of fun the nut hut has and we've also gotten a couple of cameo requests pat we need to knock those out this week we've already got a couple of you know because when you when you become a member you can request that me and Pat record a video for you, um, and uh, and send it to you or whoever, and literally say whatever. So we'll do that. That's included. Also, some of you have taken advantage of the twenty percent off merch discount already. We see that. Thank you. You get twenty percent off uh, all TJ merch as long as you're a member of the Nut Hut. And oh, this is important, Pat. I just remembered this. If you are a member of the Nut Hut, DM us or email us your DraftKings handle because we are going to have a unique listener league only for Nut Hut members. And I think we're going to mix it up, Pat. I think we should mix it up. Like like one week we can do it normal. Like another week let's set a let's set it to where I know our buddy Moose is doing this. We're like you can only spend $4300. 4300 you, know? you mean like $43,000? $43,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 43,000. Oh, it'd be tough and, to uh, do 4300. Or you know you have to spend you have to spend like forty nine and it's gonna be a low ball or something like 
I don't know. We'll, we'll mix it up, and we're going to have some, some uh, you know, rewards for that as well. So DM us or email us your DraftKings handle so we can get those invites out. Um, that's for the Nut Huts. Yeah, so go check that out. It's going to be a lot of fun. Anything else before we get into Pontificate? No, I think that's it. That's Emma's, I think Emma's still with us. The Emma the porn bot, I think, is still with us. She's holding on until the bitter end. I think she's excited to see uh, see what Pontificate with Pat has to say. Um, okay, yeah, 20... <laughs> Kyle Sinney, he said, it's $20 a month for Emma. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Emma's got her own ideas for the nut hut, that's for sure, I think. Um, it, yeah. There you That's go. probably Pat. why we got the porn bot because we named this thing the Nut Hut. And yeah, tell the people what ponti- how Pontificate with Pat kind of originated. Currently, it only lives in the chalk bomb emails that you can subscribe to on our website, um, which is a free email. It's the it's really the one piece of uh, non golf related content in that email that's just meant to make people laugh and let them get a little inside look into your brain. So yeah, so you know this kind of came about when uh, in the fall, when uh, our boy Ben Little, who writes the Chalk Bomb, uh, decided he was going to take a little break in the fall, which is good. I mean, he needed the break, yeah. and so we wanted to add some content to it. And I said, you know, DB, I think that you know I have a lot of things that just pop in my head that are fucking crazy sometimes. <laughs> I mean, like like sorry for the language, um, sorry Emma. I don't. I don't know if you, Emma. If you uh, trust me, Emma. Emma likes it dirty. I can tell you uh, that right now. But and I was like, I want to just like put my random thoughts out there, and they may be funny, and they may not be, because I, I swear some of these are not funny at all, but some of them are. And I was yeah. like, so let's just see what happens. So this is just pontificate with Pat. It's just random stuff that I think about, yeah. and it. I'm not like some of it. I'm not even really trying to make you laugh. It's just things I think about, and I wonder if. I mean, if you laugh, I'm. I'm glad. If not, like maybe it makes you think about something and you have a good answer for me. Because that's another thing. Like, nobody ever answers some of these questions that I have. Like, I'm like, I really wanted an answer to it. Like, like is there some real answer? Because, and I'm going to talk about some of these here. Um, but so it, it only lives, like you said, in the chalk bomb. And we decided to add it to the this year's email. And um, pretty excited about it. So, okay. Well, so you what are you to start with tonight? So there's I mean, like, are, are you are, are you pulling like a best of from the last few months of these? I'm kind of pulling doing? a best of here is what I'm doing. Okay. Um, okay. Now I'm you may have this. some that are your favorites that I don't mention here, um, but we'll start with this. I'm gonna read it how I put it in the in the chat bomb email, and then we'll talk about. It. Are there people actually out there? that can, with 100% truth behind it, answer yes when their dentist asks if they've been flossing regularly? Because <laughs> no. I don't believe there are. Like, when you're in that mm. dentist chair and he's standing over you and he's asking if you're flossing, all of you are liars. And you're saying, yeah. <laughs> you're saying, yeah, I'm flossing regularly. But you're not. I don't believe you are. No. I, I will go ahead and put on the record I am not. Yeah, but you, you, st- you just floss like a madman the night before. Your gums are swollen and bleeding, and but but when they stabbed. ask, but when he asks if you're flo- or he or she asks if you're flossing regularly, do you say yes? No. Normally the answer is somewhere. No. Normally the answer is like, 
Well, I mean, like, probably not, probably not every night, but probably like, you know, twice a week or something. That's usually what I say. But is which it is twice code a week for once a year before I come to the dentist? Yeah. But so you're yeah. saying you're still lying in general? Which, oh, 100 percent. Which yeah. is what I'm getting at. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Here's another one. And I just found this crazy. Ever since we came up with the freaking Golby logo and squirrel and everything, like, so if you don't know, there are logos of squirrel. I mean, the population of squirrels is taking a hit in my neighborhood. I, I hit squirrels all the time. <laughs> and I'm like, what, what the You hell? run over them? No, I like, I mean, they just run out in front of me. I mean, they like, I'm not like, they have, I mean, squirrels are crazy, by the way, for one. And are you, when that happens, are you just like thinking about Golby the whole time? Yeah, like, like he's, I just like he's real. freaking killed another Golby. <laughs> it happens all the time. You, you pour one out for him when you yeah. go off? All right, here's okay. another one. Here's another one. This really triggers the hell out of me. Why do people not put their grocery carts back in the bins that they need to go in? Yeah, I know that I knew this one was coming. Yeah. I, is, I I get a is, video from Pat on the regular, or a, or a photo from Pat in the in the in the parking lot of his local Publix, and it'll be a picture of a cart in the middle of, of the parking lot, not in its proper place. Or it'll be a video of him pushing into his spot, going, "This is actually very satisfying. Why don't more people do this?" And he's like pushing it in the spot. I have multiple videos of that. It's it's it not really that, gets to you. I know it does. It's not that hard. And here's the thing: you can make a game out of it by trying to push it from like 50 yards out into the bin, like out in the parking lot. I mean, let me tell you something I did two 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 times in a row this past week. Okay, I went from 50 yards out. There there was like a gap of like three feet. And I threw the cart, and I said, hit the gap, hit the gap, hit the gap. And it went right through the gap, twice in a row. <laughs> I mean, it was fun. What? How, how, tell the people how many times a week you go to the grocery store. Oh, five <laughs> of seven days at least. Yeah. <laughs> so stupid to me. Anyway, go ahead. Anyway, just put the damn cart back. Favorite. I'm interested Lazy to see people. if you're going to read one of my favorite ones. Go ahead. Okay. Here's another one. Anyway, hang on. All right, I'll, I'm going to touch on this one real quick. Everybody talked about the Popeye's chicken sandwich and the Chick-fil-A sandwich, and I, that was one of mine this, this year. It's There's no battle whatsoever between those. I mean, it's Chick-fil-A wins hands down, okay? There's no there's no battle between the Popeye's Chick-fil- chicken sandwich and Chick-fil-A, all right? Chick-fil-A okay. wins easily. Okay, yeah, I, I agree. All right. um, here's another one. This this one just popped in my head one time. How the f does dry cleaning work? <laughs> That's one of my favorites. I love that one. <laughs> I love that one. That's one of my favorites. I mean, tell did me. I mean, I want to know. It? Did you read it like you read it like you wrote it in the chalk bomb? Okay, I'll read it. Hang on, let me go back to it. Just had a thought pop in my head. How the fuck does dry cleaning actually work? That's how I wrote it in the shawfum. <laughs> I don't understand it. Like, what are you put? What are you putting it into dry clean shit? Hmm. 
Okay. Honestly, I don't know. Like, I laugh, but I I don't know either. How do you get it clean w- with no water? I know that's what I'm want. Like, I it, I don't get it. Okay, here's another one. <laughs> I just okay. I this is this really triggers me. I wonder what the ratio of people who group their apps on their phone by category versus leave them all separate is. Okay, so I'll let... Leave them all what? Like, leave them all... Like, here, I'm going to show you. Look. I know what you're talking about. I was just saying, what did you say? Separative or something? Yeah, I know, I know. This is how I do my apps. Okay? I don't group them up and shit. How many pages do you have? I don't know. How many pages of apps do you have? But I don't group them and... Like, if you group apps, I don't... I don't group apps. I don't have time for you. I don't have time for you. Okay? (laughs) I don't Um, remember that one. I don't remember that you writing that one. Yeah, here's another one. We talked about the even numbers. Quick one. I didn't know AOL.com still existed, but it does. Um, okay, here's here's one I like. I think midday naps should be mandatory in the office environment. Okay? Yeah. If, if it's not mandatory, at least not frowned upon. So if you're sitting there at your desk, if Bob, Bob in accounting is at his desk taking a nap, you should just think of that as like he's just at it. Like you passed by him and he was working on a spreadsheet. People should have naps more often. What about the ones... You, there, I think these were kind of recent. The one about trees made me laugh. And the one about, uh, the one about dogs and... and yeah. Do you know which one I'm talking about? Mm. These are pretty recent. Huh? About the dog barking at me? Yeah, yeah. Read that one. Re- read it the way you wrote it. Do you know you know you know which one I'm talking about? Yeah, that one's That late. one made me laugh. Hang on. That one see. and the one the one about trees recently made me laugh. Made me laugh. I might I may not see, have con- know, honestly on YouTube right now, I don't think anybody knows how dry cleaning works. Literally nobody. Do we have any listeners that operate dry cleaners or have a contact. We would love to know. Um, I don't. Maybe it's not on the list. What was a trees one? <laughs> or it was about plants or something like growing trees. You know what I mean? Oh, like plants, or maybe like they're like they're harvesting us. Like, until, I mean, like, harvesting us until we die, and then they're going to consume us so that they can live. Like, so you flipping it, not we're harvesting plants, but they're harvesting us. Yeah, it's the other other way around. Like, I mean, think about that. It's just... I know. Probably true. (laughs) Um, All right, a couple more. What about, you can't find the dog one? Well, I know. I mean, here's the thing. I, I mean, the the thing with the dogs is, is they like, like, I can tell the dog to sit, to lay down, to do whatever, and he knows what I'm saying. But I don't know what the hell he's saying when he's barking. So maybe that dog <laughs> is smarter than I am. This pisses me off. I think he might be. <laughs> um, um, Sam, Sam wants to know how many squirrels you think you've actually slaughtered. Hmm. Ten. You got to put a number year. on it. Ten in the last. Ten? Yeah. Jeez, Goldie is Goldie's fucking running out in front of me, all left and right. 
All right, here's another one that I think is... I, th I like this one. I think trolls should get a red check mark. Like, if, you, if you're a troll, you should get a red check mark. And, but you got to be a good troll on Twitter. So this is on Twitter. you got to be a good troll. You get a red check mark instead of a blue. And you're a fantastic troll, but okay. we can't just be handing out you know, red check marks left and right. You just got to be a good Yeah, you got to earn it. Yeah. You got to earn it. Um, last one. <laughs> this one's just I love. And this is just so true and weird of me, but if I like, if I like at work or at home, I go, I'm like about to put something in the microwave and it has like a seven second left or an eight second left on there, like nobody cleared it out. That really pisses me off. Like, I feel like you wasted some time <laughs> for some reason. Like, you can't, like, just clear it out. Clear it out to zero. Yeah. Because nobody, I mean, you just wasted some time right there. Uh, my One of my favorite ones was about the mail. Oh, you want the mail one? Okay. Yeah. Me going to the mail on. It's just very on, yes, it's just very on brand for old Pat. Hang on, let me find it. <laughs> I think it was an early one. Boy, this is really... Entertaining stuff. Where was it? <sighs> oh, here we go. I still have an internal brief excitement to check my belt <laughs> to check my mailbox when I get home for the day. But I don't have any fucking clue why. Ninety percent of the time it's junk mail and bills. I mean it's not like I'm getting some sort of pen pal letter card with money in it from my grandparents or the latest CD from Columbia House. <laughs> that's the line. That's, the, that's what got me. But the I still look CD forward to checking Columbia. my mail. That's actually right. I, I wrote, that was that was dead on. Yeah. You love checking the mail. So if you guys want to make Pat happy, send him some mail. And tell me how fucking dry cleaning works. I've said I've said the f word too many times in this segment, but that's why we get it. Yeah, you know what? I've noticed that. Like, I can't even put the the clean. I can't. I have to keep putting explicit on the show, but only because of the last ten minutes. Like, it's because of you. Like, you just you hold it for the whole time, and then you can't go ten more minutes and not say it. Sorry. Cheers. All right. Well, there you go. Let's uh, let's go refill. Um, it's very late. Let's go refill and go do our DraftKings Tour Junkies After Dark show that you can watch on YouTube. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. We appreciate it. Meet us in the Nut Hut, folks. We're going to be there all week. It's going to be a lot of fun. May your screens be green. See ya!